Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. I just want to tell a little story because I just I just feel I've got a, a word for someone and I just really I just want to check it out. I just want to just share a little testimony before I actually bring the word. Um, this happens to me not really regularly. I'm not, you know, what you'd call a um, operate in, the, in prophecy on a regular basis, but I do hear from God, and um, I have these moments. And um, I was at the dentist in Morinsville a while back, and I was just sitting in there waiting for my appointment. And I just felt the Lord, I just, I just said, Lord, have you got something to say to this young lass behind the desk? And, um, and so I go in on this guy's checking my teeth and doing what he was doing. I think he had a filling or something. And, uh, and the Lord was speaking to me about this young lass out, in the, out, in, the, um, out on the, in the reception area. So after I'd finished, I, I go back out. And, um, and so I just said, uh, and there was people waiting in the waiting room, so it was all pretty. I said, I said, I'm a Christian, after I'd paid her and everything, I said, look, I'm a Christian, and I'm practicing hearing from God. This is, how I, this is how I opened it up. And she said, yeah. And I said, I felt the Lord speaking to me about something going on in your life. And she went, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know it's a bit, it's a, if you're not, a, if you're not a, a Christ follower, it can be a bit weird. And, um, and so I, I just reeled off to her what I felt the Lord was saying. And she was in a place where she was trying to make a, a, a really important decision. And, and I felt the Lord had said to me, just tell her to follow her heart. Not to try and work everything out, just to follow her heart. And I said, does that mean anything to you? And she just looked at me and she said, it really meant something. So, so that, I'm just so I just share that. And so, that, so, the, so the, 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 the spirit of prophecy starts to flow. And um, I've got a friend here that I went to primary school. I'm, I'm from Huntley. I was born up on top of the hill there and... 1956, of all, for goodness sake, and uh, I went to primary school, Huntley Primary, and um, Archie Watkins, <laughs> who, who um, I went to school with right through primary school and college, I think we were in the same class right through college as well, I left pretty early, so I'm reasonably uneducated, but apart from that I'm doing okay, um, I think Archie stayed after I'd gone, um, and I just felt the Lord, Archie, if you're okay with this, you're okay with me? You know, my nephew, my grandson was born a while back, and my daughter married a guy called um, Ben Watson. And lo and behold, they didn't call their son Archie. So every time I think of Archie Watson, I used to think about Archie Watkins. And, and it's like Archie's been on my mind <laughs> ever since that. And out of the blue, about two years ago, Archie rang me. Out of the blue, I hadn't heard from him for years. And we were talking about an old motorcycle I used to have, and we were, we were chatting about that. And, um, and then Archie came over and came to church one Sunday, and so, so we've had a connection ever since then. But, 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 but for, for that, Archie, I just, I just felt the Lord wanting me to just to encourage you and just to say something like, um, you know, you're in the right place right now. You're in the right place. And, and, um, and Jesus is actually... Jesus is, is the cure and the answer. And, and um, for, for, for all the stuff that's gone on, there's, 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 there's a, um, there, it's never too late. It's never too late to, to, uh, to come to him and just surrender and just let him take over. Honestly, I really, I just really sense that, and and I don't think it's any co- any any you know it's it's not a coincidence that we ran into each other. I just believe that God's in that and that that connection that we have from from all those how many years ago <laughs> I don't know. It's frightening when you think about it. So so I just just want really want to encourage you with that that you know you're in the right place right now in this in this place here, and 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 God's really really um just wanting to just draw you into Himself and love on you. And, and, and bring peace. That's, that's what I felt. So is that okay? I hope that was okay for Archie, but it was, a, you know, it was just here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that was... Um, and the other thing, I just really, before I start, better keep an eye on the time. Okay, 5 to 11. We've got a couple of hours, eh? <laughs> I've got a lot. People will say to me, hey, what do you know? 
worst question you can ever ask me, I'd say to them, how long have you got? <laughs> I didn't used to be this talkative, <laughs> unless I was drunk, but <laughs> I, I, used to be, I used to be really shy and, uh, and reserved, but Jesus has done something amazing. And um, I, I came to Christ in 1990, so, so I've known the Lord for a, for a few years. And uh, yeah, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It's the best thing that can ever happen to anybody. So just so, just so we're aware of this, I, I, I just really believe and I have seen the most incredible miracles in the last 29 years. But just recently, over the last four or five years, I have been pushing in and God's put this thing on me which is, I, I just really go, it's my, it's my default. You know, that's computer talk. My default is, if God's going to do something, he's going to heal people. He's going to heal people, ain't it? Because because it's not it's not what he does; it's who he is. It's like God doesn't it's not he doesn't love people; he is love, and it's, and healing is the same. It is it is who he is. You come into the presence of God, and things change. Things change. So so while I'm speaking, and and I really want to go after this after after I finish speaking, I just really want to um, encourage folk. To uh, and and the other thing I believe is that um, it's my my task is to equip the saints for service. So in our church, when there's somebody crook, I don't necessarily pray for them. I ask people around them to lay hands on them. And we have seen the most incredible miracles. And I'm I'm going to share one in particular, which is because this is so important. And and um and and it wasn't. I all I did was stand up the front and declare the healing. I just declared the healing, and you know this lady had had her back had collapsed, and sh- they, she'd gone for an X-ray, and the bottom of the spine was crumbling, and all the the stuff in between that that the nerves and all that were just being squashed, and she was compressed, and she was in agony, and all the doctors said to her, "All we can do is give you pain relief," and she she was in real agony. So she was like that for about three weeks, and I carried a burden. The last, the, the particular week that the healing took place, um, I, I just, um, I had a burden for all that week. And when she came into church, I saw, and you, you know, when someone's in chronic pain, you know, it's they, they, you know, there's probably folk here who have this. So just, you know, if you're if you're in chronic pain, and and I'm going after the wrong, <laughs> this is what happens to me, eh? So if you're in chronic pain, just receive the word that I'm speaking now because that, when I share the testimony, the miracle working power comes and that miracle is available to you right now. So all I did was say, I said, Karen, Ra, would you pray for Christine at the end of the worship? And I just said it after the worship came. I went up to her and said to her, Christine, I'm going to pray for you. And uh, she said, what for? I said, because God wants to heal you this morning. And uh, she said, okay. So she doesn't like coming up front or being up front. So, so I just declared it from the front, got the two ladies to lay hands on her and pray for her. She left the church exactly the same. Okay? She went home and lay down on the sofa. Still, she had to sleep for about 45 minutes. When she woke up, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. She had... I, she, her back. She said. Oh, she said. I woke up and I went. Oh my goodness! There's no pain. She went out and dug her garden just to make sure. The next day, she went down to the concrete place because she hadn't been able to do what she had just moved into a new place that they were developing. She, and she she hadn't even been able to do her, her her garden. She went down to the concrete place and picked up concrete slabs with the guy there, slowed them in the car, took them back, and laid her path. And ever since then. She's had she's been completely healed of that. So I really I really wanted to go back to the doctors because I've got an X-ray of what it looked like before. I really wanted to go back to the doctors and I'm still chasing her for that to go back and get another X-ray so she can show the doctors say this is what Jesus does because I, I I know that God's God's restored the back. That's a that's a that's an incredible miracle. So let's just let's just open ourselves up now for that miracle working power that's available to us right now i haven't even started preaching eh? <laughs> <This is laughs> so 
So, Father, I just want to, Father, speak to chronic pain and whatever, whatever is going on in people's bodies right now, God, that you would just touch. You would just touch now in Jesus' name. You would just touch now in Jesus' name. Healing. The, the Spirit of God was present to heal. So, Father, we just want to just release that now. Release that now. Release that now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, people would just be receiving a touch from you, just even now, God. And Father, they would go, go away going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, just like Christine did. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, God, you actually do do that. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Glasses on, because that's what happens when you, all of a sudden, I can't see anymore. I can see long out. I can see about down up here. It's just, and I don't like to make any mistakes. And the way I preach, so I'm just warning you, I read, I read, I write my message out the way I speak, which is pretty cool, really. Which is it makes it easy, but because I just don't like, I just like to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm just staying in that right place and and not not. Uh, I have a tendency to if I try to do things off the cuff, I have a tendency to run amok. So. As I, like I just did. So anyway, hey, um, I'm Steve Whittle. Uh, I have been pastoring at the Tara Baptist Church since 2003. Prior to that, I was in Tauranga for three years. And again, prior to that, I was at Tiaraha Baptist as a member since coming to Christ in October the 1st, 1990. So, I, I, um, so tonight... Robin and I are going to share our story, and I'll tell you if you you want to have a real if you want to hear a really a really good story, a really really good story. Come tonight because um, yeah, it was it's it's pretty amazing how how Jesus showed up and and got me. I tell you, so 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 before I get into the message, I I, I really like to set the foundation in place so folk can rest easy about the stranger maybe going to tell us. Um, so just to keep your minds at rest, this is basically what I believe. Okay, you ready? This is what I believe. We're all born with a death sentence, and Jesus is the cure. We all need to make peace with God. The Bible tells me we're at odds with Him as long as we're outside the covenant He's made with His Son. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus. You can talk about God till the cows come home, but if Jesus is not part of that conversation, you cannot come into the family. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That is the choice we have to make. It's Jesus or nothing. You are not at odds with him because he wants someone to be against. You're at, odd, you're at odds with him because you have not believed in the one the Father sent to rescue you out of your own mess. Almighty God is and will always be the missional God who throughout mankind's existence has worked towards redemption. But now we're on the other side of this great gift. We look back at the fulfillment of every promise apart from the promise of bodily resurrection and immortality when he returns. It was not, I was so bad, Jesus had to come and die for me. It is, I am so valuable, Jesus came to rescue me. Just as the Father has been doing throughout our time on this planet, rescuing us from our own messes, it has always been self-afflicted. We have always done it to ourselves, and so it is whether we want what's best for us or not, every person is given an opportunity. Ecclesiastes 3.11, He has set eternity in the hearts of men. It is in us. The spirit of a man or woman, that which gives us life, that which is breathed into us at conception. That's why people search for something. And all they've got to do is turn to Jesus. I also believe if you are a confessing Christ follower and choose to live alienated from the covenant people of God, it is a willful act of disobedience to remain estranged from family. I do not think it is a salvation issue, but it is a heart issue. And saying that, prodigals are always welcomed back with open arms by the Father, and so his body should act the same way. If you're wondering what this life is all about, can I just say this? One thing, it's about Jesus. He is the answer to every question you have. He is the cure to every ill you may have. He is the reason we breathe. It is all completely, absolutely about him. The person, the fully man, fully God, Savior. He is called Savior because there is something to be saved from. And we are so valuable, he went to extreme lengths to accomplish that. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, so now we all feel safe. <laughs> now we all feel relaxed. And we go, ah, oh, he's a Bible-believing Christ follower. Hallelujah. So I hope this morning, after I've finished, that you feel really encouraged to actually go out and, and co-labor with Jesus because that's, that's what we're called to do, co-labor with Jesus. My throat starts getting, oh, because I get loud and excited. So the scripture this morning, well, one of the scriptures, <coughs> is, um, is Revelation 19.10. Okay, and it's just a short little teeny bit. It says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Of this one thing I am convinced the testimony of what Jesus has done in our lives and through us is one of the most powerful weapons we have in our arsenal as believers. The testimony of Jesus. Why is it the spirit of prophecy? Romans 10. 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. This is the testimony about Jesus. That's why we read the scriptures. That's why we read the word and listen to what God is doing today. <coughs> Excuse me. This is why we read the word and listen to what God is doing today. We hear the message about Christ and respond. The prophetic part of that is, is calling what has happened back to happen again. That's why I shared the testimony before I went after the healing. Because that, that's the testimony of Jesus. Is that we're prophesying it back into existence again now. This is why when people ask you, how did you come to Jesus or why do you follow Jesus, we need to, we need to be prepared. We need to have, have it in our hearts of, of, of a testimony of what Christ has done in your life. This is why healers will always lay a foundation of what they've seen most recently taking place. Um, Weston Carrier, who ever heard, heard of Weston? Weston passed away a couple of years ago. You know, Weston would get up here and he would read story after story after story about the healings that he just, that he just had people write to him about. I, I used to love going to his meetings. I actually had a healing from him. I had a bike accident out here out of Huhu Road back in 1983 and I nearly broke my neck. And um, it was, I had a crook neck for years afterwards and I went to a meeting in Tauranga and Weston just said, there's somebody here who had an accident a few years ago. This is how accurate it was. And he said, and the, they've got a wedge fracture. He even knew what it was called, a wedge fracture in the, in the neck, in the, in, the, in, the, in the top up here. And I thought, that was me. I went up there, you know, I've never had a problem with my neck ever since. Never ever like it used to be. Every so often it gets a bit stiff, but nothing like it used to be. So I knew that the Lord touched it. So that's why that's why they that's why you share those testimonies. Corporate faith is so powerful. So it's so is corporate unbelief. You know, Jesus in his own hometown, Mark six five. Even Jesus could not do many miracles there. Even Jesus could not do many miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Oh my goodness. We get buzzed out if we lay our hands on a few sick people and they get healed. Jesus is saying, well, he could only do that and that was because of their unbelief. Wow. The atmosphere, corporate faith. See, see that when I shared that testimony about Christine's back, what happened inside you? Did you feel faith rising in your heart? Did you go, wow. He was amazed at their lack of faith. So, so there's no lack on God's part. It's, there's no lack on God's part. There's, there's, there's something else going on. And, and even Jesus couldn't do many mighty miracles because of that atmosphere of unbelief over that, over that area. Jesus, the carpenter's son. Why is the testimony of Jesus the spirit of prophecy? 
It releases faith and the miracle working power is available once again. The Spirit of God comes on the testimonies whenever whatever they may be. Healing, deliverance and salvation and whatever else. This is what church is. One or two or more coming together, hearing what God is saying and the listeners believe. The listeners believe. When God speaks, they believe. And I'm God's mouthpiece this morning, just like Murray is when he's up here preaching or anyone else is up here preaching. And, and, uh, and so if, if you're speaking the word of truth and you believe that, that's faith and that's what activates God. That's what gets him excited. He's like a, it's like a moth to light. The whole Christian life revolves around believing, faith. When the word spoken is truth about what God has done, it is made available to us right at this moment. This is the ecclesia, the assembly of faith, because we believe what God is saying. When we believe, we're supposed to do something with it. This is co-laboring with the Spirit of God. Jesus went out and preached the good news. The kingdom of God is here. <coughs> then he healed the sick, cleansed the lepers, raised the dead, and cast out demons. We hear what he did. Faith rises in our hearts, and we're able to do exactly what Jesus did. I will say this again because it's so important. One of the most powerful weapons in our arsenal is the testimony of Jesus in our own lives, then replicating what he has done in us and through us. Jesus also said, don't despise small beginnings. What may be small in your, in your eyes may be exactly what Susie down the road needs to hear. Being bold enough to share that little testimony of the goodness of God will release faith and it is available. We have not because we ask not. When we do ask, we ask with wrong motives, James 4. My one and only motive is to make Jesus famous. How do we do that? By allowing him to co-labor with us and work through us to do once again what he did when he walked the earth. This is what's available to us as the church of Jesus Christ. And what happens to an individual when they experience an answer to prayer? It fills us with joy, with awe. We get a bit excited, especially when it is something extraordinary. You should see how buzzed I am when folk tell me a few days after I pray for them that it's all fixed. I, I just, I, 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 I just, I get so excited. I just get so excited. The fivefold minister's mission is to be like a chiropractor. We are a body. We are the body of Christ. Arms, legs, eyes, ears, mouth, feet, all those parts. When a part of this body is not functioning to its full potential, if something is not working the way it should be, the whole body is thrown out. Isn't that true? Oops. Turn that over. Oof. The whole body is thrown out. So, in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 6.4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. The Hebrew word is akkad, and it is plural, the trinity, akkad, which means unity within diversity. This is what we, we are called to be, unified in all our differences. So the chiropractor comes into the situation, helps the body work out the way it's supposed to. This is what the, the fivefold are all about, equipping the saints for service, Ephesians 4. It's all about equipping the saints for service. We should not come to church to hear a whole lot of information. We should come to be equipped. When folks say things like, I'm just not being fed. Oh, do you rely on one meal a week? What is it to be fed anyway? The Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus, John 4. The disciples turned up and see him talking to a woman. God forbid. On top of that, a Samaritan woman. God forbid again. They thought Jesus may, a bit, be, a bit, may be a bit confused from lack of food and wanted Jesus to eat something. You know, they, they, they'd been away and they come back and there's Jesus talking to this woman. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, this is John 4, 31, 32, 33 and 34. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? <laughs> There's a lot like us today. 
not following what Jesus is up to. So, so Jesus hits some, and us, I might add, with this perla. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of whom you sent me and to finish his work. <laughs> when you start getting used by God and you start seeing the miracles happening and the healings taking place, you are getting fed, man, and you just get so excited about Jesus, you just don't want anything else. You just want to just, just be one of those God-botherers. Nothing wrong with being a God-botherer. <laughs> we have no right to say we're not being fed at our church if we're not doing the will of the Father. We are fed by doing, not just listening. What are we doing? Well, for me, it's pretty simple. Mark sixteen fifteen. One example, the Scripture's full of it. And he said to them, As you go out into the world... Preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. After saying these things... Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the place of honour at the right hand of God. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. It's written. It's in the Bible. The wonderful news of the gospel. We must get this. It is not... I was so bad, Jesus had to come and die for me. It is, I am so valuable, Jesus came to rescue me. We must change the way we think. Leave behind our escape this planet because it's getting so terrible. This is not what the Bible teaches. We are called to bring heaven to earth. That is our mission. That's our mission, to bring heaven to earth. If heaven invades a geographical area, what can we imagine for? If Holy Spirit came on this community in dunamis and miracle-working power, the doctor's surgeries would have hardly any work because we would be doing what the Bible tells us to do and the signs and wonders would be normal Christianity. Instead of looking and wondering when, when, is, when Jesus is t- coming to take me out of this hellhole, how about we expect him to just invade by a spirit and completely change the culture of our community under a move of his love for everyone in the town? This is what's available to us. Wow. Imagine Huntley. The Spirit of God coming and just sweeping through this community. There wouldn't be enough churches in the town to contain the influx. It's happened before. 3,001 day on the day of Pentecost. Towns have been say that word have been covered in the in the spirit of God, and I always <laughs> covered in the in the spirit of God, and the whole community has turned to Jesus. There's stories about Muslim villages over in in the in, a, in the in the Middle East where they ha- all have a dream one night and get up in the morning and they're all talking about Jesus. This is actually happening. Why wouldn't it happen in our town? I desperately want it for, for, for the town that I'm living in. And and, and I and I just and I'm just I just gotta believe for a move of God. I'm like that king that said, you know, um, my my kingdom for a horse. You know? <laughs> oh, 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 I want oh, revival or I die. Because <laughs> otherwise otherwise it's, you know, Jesus has just gotta show up and touch people. You know, we've had a move of God over there when we first moved there. We had um, just, I did eight weddings in nine weeks with people coming into the church and getting their lives right. It was just crazy. 80 baptisms in the first eight, in eight years. Ten every year. Now, you know, oh, that's not too many, but we live in a town of 3,500 people. It's not bad. We were the fastest growing Baptist church in, on statistics in New Zealand. It's, it's quietened down now, 
but it's still God gave us a taste of what's available, of what we can have and what we can do. Yeah, we had we had the youth group that just went nuts, everything. So, but anyway. <laughs> okay, my theology is this. If we the church, the body of the body, the bride, exercise our spiritual muscles and believe God to be who he says he is, we will step into the most incredible times. Do you know, Israel under Solomon, and I just want to Solomon, David and Solomon, father, son. Okay? What happened when Solomon um, dedicated the temple? The priests couldn't even stand, couldn't even go in there because the Spirit of God was so powerful. This is just a shadow and a type of the Father and the Son and, 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 and the Spirit coming on the day of Pentecost. Okay? But you've got to remember that the Jews always referred back to Solomon's time. And you know what they called it? The Golden Age. Israel under Solomon lived in what was called the Golden Age. Peace on every front. Incredible blessing. He built the temple. When they dedicated the new temple, the priests could not even get in there. God's presence filled it so much. This is a shadow and a type of what we live in now. The kingdom is available. The dedication was a type of the day of Pentecost. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. You know, that the, the, gold, the, the, the golden age under Solomon's rule, peace on every boundary. Peace on every boundary. This is what's available to us. We, we live in the kingdom age and we, we, where God's, God is available. This is where we're heading. What we have available to us. This is the testimony of Jesus. When we declare it, he works with us to fulfill it. You know, the the church for years has had a spirit of foreboding over it. Oh, the world's a mess. Everything's getting worse. Jesus is going to come and rescue us and take us away and we're all going to be rescued and my God's bigger than that. My God's much bigger than that. Oh, our town's so hard. So Jesus isn't big enough for your town. Oh, it's hard yakka and tiaraha. Wow, you know, everyone's on drugs and it's all falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm bringing myself into this. Hey, <laughs> uh, you know... Jesus is bigger than that. Oh my goodness. You know, there's another Genesis 24, Abraham and Isaac, and and the unnamed servant. It's a picture of the father and the son sending the spirit to get a bride for his son and bringing her back on this journey, Rebecca, I think it was Rebecca, wasn't it? Bringing Rebecca back on the journey. And, and on that journey, this is the Spirit of God working with us now. We're on this journey to, to Jesus, our bridegroom. And the Spirit of God's leading us on this journey. And we're, and we're on this journey because the Father wanted a bride for his son. And you're it. We're it. We're the bride of Christ. And, and so on that journey, she would have been asking him all sorts of questions about what's Jesus like? And what, you know, what, Isaac, what's Isaac like? What's all that, all that stuff? And, and this, the unnamed servant who had, who had brought, been in the family would have told him all about Isaac. So when she arrived, she knew who she was meeting. This is the work of the Spirit. What's Jesus like? Oh, Jesus is just full of grace and mercy and love. And what did Jesus do? He, he healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the lepers, um, cast out demons, did all the work that the Father got him to do. I'm running a mock. Hold on. <laughs> this is where we're heading. We have available to us. This is the testimony of Jesus. When we declare it, we, he works with us to fulfill it. Jesus will one day step down from his throne to a place that is resembling where he just stepped down from. Do you understand that? Because this, because the church will have risen up and would have invited heaven on earth. And so Jesus will one day come 
and he will step down to a planet that looks like heaven if we do what we're called to do. Bring heaven to earth. That's my theology. That's what I believe with all my heart. And that's what, I, that's what, I, that's what I'm going after. It all starts with this. God is good. He is never disappointed in us. When we receive forgiveness for sin, he does not have any recollection of it. We do not need a God in our image. We need to be people who are made in his image. Everything we have ever done is not stored in his memory bank. So he can bring it up when we fall over. This is our, this is our God full of grace and mercy. I want to tell a story. You all okay? Okay. This was brought home to me when I read a book by a guy called Bill Johnson and he talked about a guy who knew a salesman who travelled around the parts of the States selling and selling something. He was selling something. I don't know whether he was a salesman of some sort. He drove around and he had this little fetish, the pen stealer. He, he'd t- everywhere he'd go, he'd, go to, he'd sign out of the motel. And you know, when, you know, I used to do this and sign the pen, write a check, and then take the pen with you. Go, oh, I took the pen. But anyway, this guy did it on purpose. And then sometimes he'd go in and he'd see the really top-class pen that they had there. And he would, it would just be such a buzz. He had a little collection of pens back in his office that he'd sit there and he'd go, He'd just remember, you know, the, the buzz of stealing the pens. Sounds weird, doesn't it? But the story's incredible. So this guy, eventually over a few years, and after a few years, comes to faith, comes to Christ. And so starts, the Holy Spirit starts convicting him of things, and so he stops stealing pens, but every time he sits down in front of his desk, there's the pens. So he he, going, he does his normal rounds, so he starts taking them back and putting them back, okay, where he can remember, especially, you know, the, the Parker pen, that really expensive one. Look, I took that by mistake a number of years. So he went through this repentance time and gave the, many of the pens back as he could possibly give. So then he's, then he's walking with Jesus and he's doing a great job, and he's, but all of a sudden the temptation comes back after a few years. He's, going, he's fighting this for months, fighting this... Every time he goes in and signs the register, he just wants to take the pen because just, it's just all coming back and he just remembers the buzz it used to give him. So he succumbs on this particular day. He succumbs to stealing a pen. And he goes out and it's a, it's a ripper. And he drives out. He gets, signs the signature and he takes the pen, puts it in his pocket and walks out. And he's driving off. And the conviction of God hits him so strong that he just pulls over and goes, oh, God, I'm so sorry. And then he said, God, I'm stealing pens again. And you know what the Lord said to him? I have no recollection of you stealing pens in the past, but I know you just stole that one then. You see, our God says he forgets. We, we've got, <laughs> he actually has the capability of actually forgetting. And when he says he forgets, it's not like us and our little, yeah, we forget and we forgive. And then we have it stored up in our little memory bank. Yeah. He, actually, he actually forgets. So when you're being accused of all the past misdeeds and all the carry-on, it's definitely not Jesus. It's not the Father. Not the Spirit of God. He'll convict you of what you've done right now and then. But you know our sin is forgiven past, present and future? It's just a keeping a it's it's about keeping a a clear connection with the Father through Christ and the Spirit of God working like the dove on the shoulder. You know, when you've got the dove on your shoulder, you don't want to move suddenly or do something to upset the dove. You want the dove to stay there. Okay. not in his memory bank and Brian Zand anyone heard of Brian Zand okay he wrote a really good book um, anyway he wrote a really good book called um, Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God it's a bit different to the, 
the message that we've all heard from the years. Brian Zahn puts it like this. God is like Jesus. God has always been like Jesus. There has never been a time when God was not like Jesus. When we're reminded of our crooked past, it is not him. It is the accuser. We have become more adept at hearing the devil's voice than the voice of a loving dad who just has nothing but love for you and me. We are set free for freedom, not for laws and rules. I tried that back in my early days on my walk. I don't, do, I don't do what I want. I do what's right. When I read about Jesus, he was just about his father's business. Depending on how you see the father will determine on what you do for him. How do you see the father? If you want to be about the father's business, do you see the father as some grumpy big old guy sitting up there with a big stick? Or... Or is he like Jesus? Oh, because he's like Jesus. There's no other way around it. Your filter or lens, your worldview, the culture you were brought up in, will determine how you see the Father. It took me years to let go of the old man, the enemy that raised its ugly head, that which developed in me growing up. I still had some residue left. I still have some residue left. I still, I still get angry and still get frustrated and still go all through all that stuff that doesn't look like Jesus. Mind you, Jesus did get, did, did, did get a little bit upset at times, especially when people didn't believe him. I am a work in progress. We all are. My wife still refers to my actions on some occasions. You sound like you're with your old Huntley mates. <laughs> hey, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. <laughs> but, but when she first met me, I was still working here on the power site back in 1976 when we first met. So we've been married for 40 years next um, January the 12th. We got married on my grandfather's birthday. January the 12th next year, 40 years married. And if you hear our story, you'll believe in miracles afterwards. <laughs> I can tell you, this was one of, one, of my, one of my Friday nights in Huntley. I had the night from hell. I was in the, in the main street of Huntley on, a, on my motorcycle. We all used to park up outside Stan's Milk Bar there and all park up and Yahoo and that. And one of my mates jumped on the back, little Billy Shanley, and we ripped off through town. And this was the, this was the first thing that happened. A guy in an old um, Humber Hawk pulled out in front of me and I banged straight into him on the bike. Bang! Bounced off him. The bike went <laughs> that way, that way, that way. And we pulled up at the bottom of the road. Didn't fall off. And I said to Billy, Billy said, oh, my knee, my knee. So we turned around and went back into town. And uh, I knocked one of the pegs was back because it hit the car. And, and this guy was yelling abuse at me and for, for not, you know, the guy that we'd hit. But he pulled out in front of me. I was, I was probably going too fast. And so we pull up in town. And so my other mate got something straightened out the peg. And then I was showing the boys on, uh, on, the, on another car that was parked outside the burger bar there. Um, this is uh, you know, what, what I'd done to the car down there. And next thing, this guy comes up, Blue Kingy from here comes up and says, what are you doing to my car? <laughs> next, thing, next thing, I was on the deck getting a beating. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was okay. Billy came and gave me a hand. He got a hiding as well. There was a bunch of them. And so, so then the police arrive, and Billy and I get taken off to the police station. Can you believe it? One night in Huntley. Motorcycle crash, a hiding, and then locked up. Well, we didn't get locked up. We got told to get home. They took Billy home and sent me home. So, 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 when Robin says it, you like sounds like you're up, you're you're with your with your old Huntley mates. <laughs> My heart is to allow God to co-labor with me and do whatever He wants. What I like to do is get folk here. I, I love to get folk to pray for each other. And I said at the beginning, that's what I didn't even lay hands on Christine Hamilton. So it's not about me. It's about the Spirit of God being present to heal. And so my heart is to, is, is to see people going, wow, 
It's really, really like the, um, the fish and the loaves. Remember Jesus, you know what Jesus did? All he did was, see, what have we got? We've got some, some, a fish, and, some fish and some loaves, and there's like 5,000 men, so there's women and children on top of that. And Jesus gives thanks for what he has and then hands it out to the disciples, and the disciples perform the miracle by their hand. They went out there, and and then he's and then because Jesus reminded them afterwards, don't you remember the fish and the loaves after they caught in the big storm? He's reminding them, you guys, it was you guys that stepped out and handed that food out, and the miracle kept on happening. This is what's available to us. He had to remind them later, don't you remember the fish and the loaves? How many baskets are left over? When Jesus, with Jesus, there is an unlimited supply. And Jesus knew that when he was here on earth because he knew he had an unlimited supply from the Father. And we, we, are, we, we have available to us exactly what Jesus had available to him, an unlimited supply from the Father. We just got to... We just got to believe. If you've hit a, you, you see, this is the testimony of Jesus. If, if you've hit a financial wall and everything seems against you, pray first before going to the food bank. We've got to let Jesus be Jesus. He just multiplied what they had. What have you got? Read the story, allow it to go deep and then ask for multiplication and look up and see the hand of God come down. He cannot resist faith. It attracts the spirit the way a moth comes to light. He can't resist our faith. There is no lack on his part. We have access to an unlimited supply And I've already read the Mark 6, 5 scripture. He could not do any miracles except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Listen to the next statement. He was amazed at their lack of faith. So when we come corporately, there's this incredible thing that's available to us of corporate faith. And, and, and miracles can start to occur and 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 it's and it's not about the person up the front. It's not about me. I, I operate in the gift of faith. So you you probably think, oh I operate in the gift of faith. So what's coming out of me here is, is the gift of faith. But that's not always on me. But it's available to us as believers to believe for what's available to us. And 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 sometimes we allow the the disappointments and 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 the, the things that have that have not happened to override our ability to believe God for the for the miraculous. Take my glasses off. I'll be not because I'm going to read some more. So you know, I started watching some A.A. Allen stuff on YouTube years ago. Any heard of A.A. Allen, the great old evangelist? Oh, the miracle worker. If you go on YouTube and type in A.A. Allen and look look at him with the leg growing thing. I tell you, he performed, God used him, co labored with him to do the most incredible miracles. So, this is one of my biggest. Have I got time? We okay? Okay. Just because I, I really want to, I really want to pray for, I really want us to pray for some, some people who, who have ailments. Okay. So, but I just want to, I want to share this because this is an important lesson that I learned. And, I was watching these A.A. Allen things and then a guy came to church who had one leg shorter than the other and it was really, it was like that. He wore a block. Okay, so he came around to my place on a, a Monday morning, my day off, and we were chatting and that and, I, and he was from Morrinsville and I said, I said, come and watch some of these because yeah, we were talking about his leg and that and how he'd had an accident and blah, blah, blah. And I said, come and watch some of these. So we went into my little office in the house there and, and I watched this A.A. Allen one with this little girl on the leg. Just, you just see the leg just grow out, just amazing and you know the whole crowd's going crazy and everyone's watching it oh you know it's just it's just brilliant and uh i said to him i said put your leg out i said let's just do this so, so i did what a.a allen did i i tapped it a couple of times and commanded it to grow flip it started growing 
It grew out, it grew out. And then I said, I made the big mistake. I said, are you moving your leg? And it stopped. And he said, and I, and you know, we couldn't, that was it. I missed the moment. I had unbelief. <laughs> and it just stopped the Spirit of God. Okay, so I'm going, wow, what a lesson. What a lesson. He came to church the following Sunday. We prayed for it again. He said, he said it's a bit better. He said, because it grew out you know, a bit. He said, but he said, I felt it, and I can feel it now. He said, but we couldn't get it to go again. So, so, uh, so I'm in church on a Sunday morning, and the Lord keeps talking to me about someone's got pain in their hip. And so there was a lady, a visiting missionary, who came to the front of the end. I said, look, is there somebody here that's got pain in their hip? And um, this lady came to the front, and um, she, said, oh, she said, it's basically because I've got one leg shorter than the other. And I ha, oh, wow. So I was uh, full of faith, and the Spirit of God was present to heal. So I said, okay, sit yourself down in the front here, and put a, I put a chair up. On, on another chair, so she put her feet up, and she had quite a marked difference in, in the length of her leg. And so, I, and so she, she didn't wear a, she didn't hear a, have a, a block on or anything. So, so she said, that's, that's the reason I have a lot of you know, this pain. So I just, I just did what A.A. Allen did again, and I said to my mate Lester, who was standing over, I said, just tell me when it's grown, because I wasn't even going to watch. I was going to concentrate on what I was doing. And I just tapped it a couple of times, and I said, I command this leg to grow in the name of Jesus. And he, Lester just went like this to me. It just went straight out. He said it just went straight out. And she went, oh, oh, I felt that. It's like, like someone pulled it. All it did was tap it. And this is available. And since then, I've seen a number of legs grow out. And it just, it's just like Jesus just, that miracle is available. Every one of us, every one of us, I, I can just about guarantee I can just about guarantee if you want to sit down with someone who's got one leg short on the other and pray for it, and believe Jesus for that. Watch a bit of A.A. Allen, and your, your, your faith levels will start rising, and next thing you'll be going, oh my goodness, Jesus, it's just, it's just something that he does. Weston Carrier, I watched him do it in a, at a meeting once. I didn't actually see the leg grow out, but everyone's, oh. We had one at a home group one night, and with six of us sat down and watched it with a girl, lady, my next-door neighbor, Juliet, and, and her leg grew straight out. And everyone, wow, look, do you see that? And she went, oh, Wow. So this is what's available. This is what's available to us. So, you know, in Mark 1, 40 to 42, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Listen to what Jesus, listen to what it says about Jesus. Jesus was indignant. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched, I am willing. He said, be clean. Immediately leprosy left him and he was cleansed. When we, when we doubt Jesus, Jesus is indignant. I don't want Jesus to be indignant with me. I want him to move by his spirit and, and touch people and see them get completely made well and healed. In Mark 9, 21, Jesus come down the mountain and the little boy was thrown around, you know, and the, the demons and everything. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, if it is often thrown him into the fire, or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And I just love Jesus' response here. If you can. What a silly question. <laughs> of course I can. And, you know, and Jesus wasn't dealing, and later on he's talking about their unbelief. So he, wasn't, he, was de- he wasn't dealing with, wasn't the type of demon that he cast out. It was their unbelief that they couldn't do it. And you know how you, how, and you build up your faith by prayer and reading the word and, and, and stepping out and trusting God and seeing the miracles and then telling other people about them and then the Spirit of God comes on, that, on, on the power of the testimony then. Okay, I think I better, I better... <laughs> I just get, I'm just so passionate about seeing the body equipped and people believing that God, this is available for us. See someone in town that looks really crook, go and offer to pray for them. Go and offer to pray for them. You know, don't, no, don't like I said before, be a God botherer. Don't be a God botherer though. You know, and you, sometimes, sometimes you just got to pray for wisdom. 
And just, but if, if there's folk out there that you know are, are suffering in chronic pain, you know, Jesus doesn't want that. We've got to believe that. It's like us saying to our children, a, a little, little bubby's crook, you know, oh, you must have done something to upset someone. You're getting punished for it. Oh, my goodness. Would you do that with your own children? And we, we sometimes think that about God. Oh, look, they've got something horrible wrong with them. It's because it's, it's, it's us. We're the problem, not God. There's, no, there's an unlimited supply. We've just got to believe him for that. So I want, to go after some, I want to go after some things here. I just had a sense that this morning, I want us to, um, first thing I want to do is just go, I just felt that there's, 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 maybe there's more than one per people here with um, artery problems, blood pumping. Okay, is there, is there anyone here with anything in that area with the heart? That's not that uh, blood pressure, heart pumping, anything like that. Arteries. Don't, okay. Don't come and tell me afterwards. <laughs> People come and say to me, oh, that was me, but I didn't want to stand up. No. Okay, that's, that's you. Okay, so, so I want, who, who believes God wants to heal? What's your name, sorry? Iris. Okay. So if you believe that God, like, so let's just open up to the Spirit. Let's just, just wait for the Spirit to come. He's here. Tingle, tingle. Jesus, just, Father, just let the fire of God come. Just the healing power of Jesus come. And my sister Iris, Lord, has, has expressed that, Father, she has a, an ailment, which is to do with arteries in her heart and blood pressure. And, Father, we would just want to just, um, so just lay hands on her. Anyone, you just go, anyone that, that feels like they, they, they want to actually put their hands on somebody and see them get healed, lay hands on her. More than one's better. Do we believe? Do we believe that God wants to heal Iris, that he's, he's over her, her having to take medication and put up with all the, the hassles of having... Um, Father, we, we just believe God. We just declare that, Father... You know, I'm gonna, I went to a, a conference in Auckland and we all prayed for a whole lot of people just like this. The next night a guy got up and said he was going to hospital. He had prayer the night before. He was going to hospital to have, his, have stents put in his heart because he was completely blocked up. And he went to the hospital the next morning after prayer the night before. He was weeping when he was telling us. He stayed there till 2 o'clock in the afternoon while they went over the machine to see what was wrong with it because they had a picture of his heart before. They took another picture of his heart before they went in to do the operation and it wasn't the same heart. No blocked arteries. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that miracle working power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that, that you're touching all that whole blood pumping area, God. And, Father, that, that my sister is going to notice a marked difference in, in, her, in her health and the way, Father, and we just believe, God. We just believe. We just believe. Thank you, Father. Just touch it now. Just touch it now. Touch it now. So, migraine headaches. It's not a word of knowledge. I just always go after migraines because I've had real success with that. Does anyone, anyone suffer from migraines? Bad headaches that, that knock you out. You're a healthy bunch. <laughs> I usually always get one of those. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay. Oh, and fear. Fear of a particular type of sickness. Is there anyone here that suffers from don't be shy, eh? You know, I just is, is there anyone here that suffers from a particular fear of fear of cancer's a biggie? Fear of my my dad died at forty seven from cancer. Okay, and, and so I've had to break through that. You know, I used to always say if I get to forty eight I'm gonna have a big party. Well I was in Christ then, so I didn't have a big party, but I just I just knew that Jesus was Jesus was <laughs> was looking after me. <laughs> but some people get, I'll tell you a story about it. I, I had this word at a, at a church in Hamilton and himself and a young lass came down to me after the, after the worship had stopped. She was one of the worship leaders and she'd had cancer as a young girl growing up, as a teenager, and she'd been in remission for many years. But she said, every time I get sick, I think it's come back. No matter what it is, I have this fear on me. And um, so I prayed for her and I said, now, every time you have that thought, you say, I said, because God's telling me, that you're not. I said, so every time you have that fear come on you, you say, Steve had a word of knowledge from Jesus, and Jesus said, no. 
This is not for you. I wish I could remember her name. Anyway, um, and so I saw her about six months later, and she said, it's changed my life. And then I saw her just a, just a, a wee while ago. I preached to her himself, and she came and she was telling me, she said, she said I got sick and had some, had, had, she, had, she had some sort of um, a lump. She said, but you know, I knew it wasn't cancer. She said, and, and when they did a thing on it, it was just a cyst, she said, and it's gone now. She said, all my family were freaking out. She said, I was saying, no, I know that it's not cancer. You see what a difference it makes if you hear from God and you set someone, when you set someone free like that, it's just, it's just amazing. And you know, that's a spirit that sits on people, a spirit of fear, you know, of, of fear of some sort of sickness. Especially if you've lost someone you know, from, from something terminal and you think it's in the family line. You just need to break that and, 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 and declare that that's not, that's, not what, uh, that's not what's available to you at all. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Anyone that has chronic pain and would like me to pray for them at the end of the service, which is now... Um, I just ask you, to, you can come to the front and I'll get people to come up and pray with us. Is that okay? So if you need prayer for any, anything, chronic pain, something that you've carried for a long time and you, you've decided that Jesus just isn't going to heal me, well, today's the day when he can and he will. Okay? So we'll just wrap it up there. Father, thank you for this morning. God, um, I, I just... Uh, I just... Uh, I just know that you want to do stuff, Father. You really want to do stuff, God. I'm just believing for the miraculous. So, God, um, just, just that folk would just be bold and courageous and be willing to, Father, step out and allow um, others to pray for them and, Father, to see breakthroughs in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.